Formula One is an all-you-can-eat buffet, we have just been served qualifying. The, the qualiflower. Well, that was a bit of a screw-up. Much like what happened to Mercedes qualifying this time out. But hey, we shall speak about all of that and more on this express <laughs> episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. My name is Sombol, joined by Kunal. First things first, Kunal. Let's talk about the big story, the big surprise. We knew Ferrari would be good, but this could? Ah, oh, come on. This is amazing. I thought the big story, the big surprise was hmm. going to be, or was was Kevin Magnussen. But yes, we'll stick to Ferrari. Uh, for the for one of those rare times, you know, preseason testing is showing uh, true uh, in terms of the pecking order, at least for the first race. Ferrari were looking quick, stable. They came out quick and stable. Charles getting his uh, 10th pole position in Formula 1, challenged by the Red Bull cars. Again, something we knew that would happen as well. Great yeah. that the top three were split by like a 10th and three you know a tenth or thereabouts yeah 1.0.13 so seven out of you know 10 teams in q3 fernando alonso there uh lewis hamilton only third fastest uh in at least in terms of the car and then boy yeah. oh boy valtteri bottas he yeah absolutely so, i think well, it's just a big statement of him maybe just he should i think the next thing you should do is just walk up to the mercedes garage walk up to toto wolf seat and say huh, is, is that the guy you wanted to hire instead of me that is a tremendous performance and of all cars, Kunal, in an Alfa Romeo out qualifying Russell. And let's let's not give him too much flack, but still, in, first race in a new Mercedes is a tricky indeed. car, but this is just tremendous from Bottas. It is. And, you know, I tweeted this out saying George yeah. Russell was actually <laughs> doing a Valtteri Bottas in the Mercedes. He was only P9. Russell, of course, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he says uh, in, you know, in more detail after qualifying because he said he was trying something different on the outlap in Q3 and that didn't work. And that's why he was P9. So interesting how he and Mercedes sort this out in the time to come. But yes, him only in P9. And like he said, you know, that, you know, our car has major flaws, but to still be the third fastest car is, is a great yeah, deal. Yeah, but the for, big for hero, Mercedes, Kevin Magnussen, you touched upon him immediately at the start of this episode. We must bring him back because this just has to be the most crazy F1 story of the year. He's just chilling in Florida, comes back in, immediately beats Mick Schumacher. Not that it's major competition yet, but to put his car up ahead of Fernando Alonso, to put his car up over so many other drivers who've been doing this for so long, this is just, ah, we miss you, Kevin. Where were you all this while? We did, and he had actually a hydraulics issue. I was on the, you know, on the radio feed, and suddenly Haas hmm. is saying, "We want you to be really slow. Be careful. We have a hydraulics issue. Let's hope the issue doesn't really cost him much." Because at the end of the day, of course, he stopped by in Q3, so that was that was a bit of a concern. He was ahead of Mick Schumacher, you know, Mick Schumacher's first real competitive benchmark, and uh, he, of course, hmm. was under pressure, made a mistake. Alex wow. Albon ahead of Nicolas Latifi again. Mazepin no longer on the grid. It's about who's going to be the slowest driver. Is it going to be Latifi of all people? And my favorite story, of course, both Aston Martins out in Q1, but Nico Hulkenberg ahead of Lance Stroll, <laughs> despite all the limited time or literally no time that he had in testing. But I'm not surprised, actually. You know, Hulkenberg, yeah, Lance exactly. Stroll, is that even, even though he barely talent? had any time, as you rightly mentioned. So that's amazing, right? Goes to show you that I think the theory that you've been constantly talking about, Kunal, that if you give someone enough time in an F1 car, they will end up being decent. But when you put them against someone like an Eco Hulkenberg, you will end up seeing the difference eventually. And that's what we saw with the Aston Martin. But the other biggest surprises on the negative side, right? we have to talk about them. Daniel Ricciardo, once again, I don't know. Is it the car or is it actually him? Because last year we were saying, oh, it's a new philosophy, new approach, driving style. We can maybe give him the benefit of doubt. But this has come back up again. Yes, there is limited testing time for him, but this is absurd. 
It is absurd. And, you know, he was he was very confident and vocal in the post-race session, post-qualifying sessions. He said, I know I have the talent, but this time I also know I lack track time. You know, he missed out on the second preseason test in Bahrain. He, he had issues in FP2 yesterday, so he was lacking uh, on that front as well. But overall, McLaren, they were also a bit of a surprise because Lando Norris was only P13. So it's, it's a lot to do with them, you know, pulling together as a team. But yeah, Come what may, Ricardo out of Q1 is yeah exactly. Really but bad also on the plus side, Fernando Alonso getting into the top ten. We were all just confused about Alpine whether they are good, they are not. This is a great thing to see. But Kunal, strategies there could be something different now that the Q2 rule is gone. Maybe for once we could see an even more jumble qualifying or not a qualifying order, but the tire selection order, and maybe that could mean for a better race tomorrow. But this just makes me ask you about the predictions. Now that you've seen qualifying, are you going to change your prediction? which was Verstappen for pole. I mean, of course, that's gone, but I'm still going to go for Verstappen for the win. I had signs on my list after listening to him in qualifying, which after which he said he wasn't quite confident with the car. You know what? Maybe I think I'm going to go for Leclerc for the win tomorrow. Are you changing it? You know, hmm. we have to speak about Sainz as one of the heroes as well because he said he's had a tough weekend and he said if he went again, he would find the one-tenth that he's sort of separated by by Charles Leclerc and he was a little disappointed. But I would still hmm. go for a Max Verstappen for the win. You know, he's he's uh, he's uh, he's on the front row. It'll be, I think, his 17th or 18th consecutive point-scoring finish. He's the world champion. A lot more, a uh, lot more, you know, energy that would be sort of going in. A lot more confidence as well. And guess what? The two new generational talents, you know, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, going head to head in what seems like equal or at least competitive machinery. I think that's going to be the story of uh, tomorrow's Bahrain Grand Prix. So make sure you guys all exactly. There's in, going to be that. There's going to be the question of how good Mercedes are. There's going to be the question of Magnussen, Haas. Bottas, if they can maintain it, what about McLaren? So much. Why would you want to miss that race? Check out the Bahrain Grand Prix tomorrow and also come back to the Inside Line F1 podcast for a race review episode on Monday. But folks, thank you for listening to this episode. See you right there on Monday evening and we shall dissect the Bahrain Grand Prix, which is definitely going to be a very juicy and very meaty race. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.